Welcome to PharmaTalk Radio Podcasts. This podcast is focused on enhancing the interferon pathway to attack cancer, not a one-size-fits-all approach. From the 2022 Immuno-Oncology 360 Summit. For more information about the Immuno-Oncology 360 Summit, our editorial, podcasts, and webinars, please visit io360summit.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. So thank you, Teresa, for the very kind introduction, and thanks to Kate and the organizing committee for inviting me back. Um, when I last spoke at this conference back in 2018, it was a really interesting time for me personally. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I, I was born in a hospital right down the road here in Brooklyn. I grew up about 30 miles east of here on the North Shore of Long Island. My family's everything to me. And um, right before IO360 in 2018, I just had brought my dad into hospice. We set him up for the, with home hospice. He had just been diagnosed with advanced metastatic prostate cancer. He'd been battling it for 10 years. And we lost him actually a couple of weeks after um, the IO360 conference, in fact, four years ago this week. And we'd lost my mom a couple of years earlier to um, advanced lung cancer. And so as I was preparing for this talk today, I was really thinking about how they've impacted me in my journey. I've spent a lot of time outside of oncology. And because of both of their cancer journeys, it really led me into oncology. And I really believe that both of them would have benefited significantly from better treatments tailored to their disease. And so as I talk about the topic today um, for what we're doing at Takeda to tackle the interferon pathway, I can't help but be inspired by their story. And, um, and really, all of us in the room today are here to really bring treatments to patients. And so I hope, I hope you enjoy the presentation. So here's my disclosure. So in the talk today, I'm going to cover three main areas. So one, the first is really talking about the power of innate immunity to attack cancer. Uh, I'm going to talk about Takeda's approach. We actually are not just taking a one-shot kind of one-pathway approach. We're actually enhancing the interferon pathway in a number of different ways, and I'll talk about that. And then I'm going to give you some insights about how we're really looking and integrating translational approaches to better understand who the patients are that will benefit in the right treatment combinations. So let's dig right into the first topic about innate immunity. And earlier this morning, um, Dan Chen gave a great talk about the cancer immunity cycle. This is a version of, of his work. And really, when you look at this, the lightning bolts stand out. The reality is interferons affect so much of the cancer immunity cycle, and in particular, that interface between adaptive and um, between innate and adaptive immunity. And so it does represent a very interesting approach to broadly awaken the immune system against cancer. And we know that cancer has evolved many different ways to really tackle uh, and block and downregulate the immune system. And if we look a little bit deeper and you look at some of these mechanisms around the interferon pathway, there's elements from very early on, antigen and 
um, dendritic cell maturation, really getting the immune cells to the location in the lymph nodes where they're able to educate the immune system. To also to advanced stage, um, looking at uh, adaptive cell function, NK cells, T cells, and activating. So when you look at the totality of this, it really is an attractive pathway in terms of a general activation of the immune system. And there's a lot of evidence for the role of interferons in, as a good pathway to target cancer. So one, there's a lot of mouse data talking about the impact of interferon receptor knockouts and being impaired in their ability to attack cancer. And then finally, there's been a lot of work looking at administration of, of type 1 interferons to patients. But you know, one of the challenges is that it becomes very toxic, and there's side effects that are difficult to manage. So the question becomes, are there therapeutic approaches besides just administering interferon that we can use to, to target this pathway? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, Takeda's approach. So Takeda Oncology, we have uh, a, a robust pipeline. We'd like to divide it into two main pathways, redirected immunity on the right. Um, this is our cell therapy platform, and we also have some non-cell therapy platforms. This is a topic for a future talk. What I'm going to do is, is focus really on the left side, what we call the cold to hot pillar. This is about awakening the immune system to really attack cancer. And we're doing this by a couple of different pathways. So today I'm going to tell you a little bit about TAC573, or Modacafusp alpha. Um, I'm going to talk about TAC981, our sumulation inhibitor, also known as Subasumstat, and then our two sting programs, TAC676 and TAC500. So we'll start with Modacafusp alpha. Um, this is a really exciting program. It, it is generating so much buzz and excitement in the halls of Takeda right now. So it's under investigation for relapse, refractory myeloma, and metastatic solid tumors. And really what it is is it's an attenuated cytokine that's directly delivering interferon alpha 2B um, directly to cells, to CD38 positive cells. And if you remember, CD38 is a target that's expressed in a lot of different cell types, including myeloma. And we recently presented um, Dr. Vogel from the Abramson Cancer Center at University of Pennsylvania at ASH last year in Atlanta, presented the first clinical results from this study, and I'll show you that in a minute. But another point, another key point here is that the molecule really is binding a different epitope of CD38, one that's distinct from daratumumab. And so it really represents an attractive approach. And I want to show you the study design because um, it took us a while to get to where we are today. Um, when the team started out in this phase one clinical study in, in myeloma, uh, we, we looked at different dosing schedules. So we looked at every two weeks, every three weeks, every four weeks. Early on, we saw some dose-limiting toxicity. And then the team was very persistent and kept kept saying, we're seeing some, some hints of efficacy here. Let's see if we can figure out the schedule. And when we got to the every four-week schedule represented on the far right column, 1.5 mg per kg dose, that's where we saw a nice distinction of the efficacy and the safety. And I'll show you that data. And this is in a study um, in refract, re relapse refractory multiple myeloma in patients um, that had received multiple prior lines of therapy. And there's a lot on this slide I'll walk you through quickly. Um, the efficacy is on the bottom left. So we saw very compelling efficacy in myeloma in this uh, heavily pretreated population of about 38% objective response rate. You can see the breakdown by the different um, uh, criteria in the middle around. We did have two complete responders in this, in this population. 
Um, we did see some grade three and grade four um, toxicities, but these were by the clinical team judged to be manageable and uh, supportive of further development. And then the translational team really wanted to ask the question about, do we see evidence of the interferon pathway activating in, the, in these patients to really prove the mechanism that we hypothesized? And on the far right, we did look at peripheral blood CD8 T cells. So these are not just activated cells, but they also have um, granzyme expression. And then we also looked at NKs and also upstream at interferon alpha pathway activation and saw that as well. So very exciting data. And this was flagged as actually as one of the top 100 presentations at ASH this year. So really exciting for us. And this program actually is um, under investigation right now, both in myeloma and in solid tumors. So stay tuned for future updates. So switching gears to the next program, we've got Subasumstat, also known as TAC981. This is a program that was born and bred at Takeda through Millennium. If you remember, Takeda acquired Millennium back in 2008. And it's a really interesting pathway. So um, Sumulation is a small ubiquitin-like modif modifier. And it adds these yellow, um, as you can see in the cartoon, the yellow Sumulation sumoproteins onto proteins and alters their expression. And and what was interesting about this program is this pathway is involved in antiviral responses. And so one of the effects of blocking simulation is that you see this increase in the interferon pathway. So we thought that this represented a really exciting and um, impressive approach to, to treat cancer. And we presented the results of our phase one single agent study back at SITSI in um, end of last year. And I'm just showing you a subset of the data. We did see a couple of PRs in this study, um, but we did see compelling um, target engagement and compelling downstream um, pharmacodynamics. We did see in peripheral blood and activation of NK cells, which was quite impressive. And this work collectively inspired us to continue to push forward and study this in combination with other drugs as well. And we have a number of studies ongoing studying the effect of subasumstat, including this study with rituximab, which we presented um, at ASH last year. And so we're starting to see some hints of efficacy. We've got an objective response rate of about 30%. And this is in non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We did see there's an entire suite of um, translational assessments. We do see the target engagement, the activation of the pathway, and the safety looks very, very good and highly supportive of continued development. This study is ongoing, and we look forward to presenting updates at future conferences. And we also, for Subasumstat, just opened up a daraptumumab combination study, and we're also studying it in solid tumor with pembrolizumab. So stay tuned for those updates. I think there'll be some very interesting data coming in the not-too-distant future. So the last programs I'm going to talk about are our two sting programs. So this is a different way of targeting the interferon pathway. Sting is a pathway that responds to intracellular interferons. And it really induces a profound activation of the interferon pathway. Um, and we talked earlier about the different ways that interferon enhances the immune system. And we see this very commonly um, with these programs as well. 
So we have two sting agonists in development. One, the one on the left is TAC676. This is our synthetic sting agonist. It's a little bit further ahead in the clinic. We're in the middle of a phase one study, and I've listed all the ongoing clinical trials on the bottom here so you can see. And then the program on the right is our, and before I forget, TAC676 is actually administered um, systemically, whereas many other competitor stings are dosed intratumorally. So this represents a nice distinction. And then the program on the right is TAC500. This is a really innovative approach, and I'm happy to say we're disclosing the target for this um, targeted sting for the first time today. So what this is is an antibody that, that um, targets the sting agonist directly to CCR2-expressing myeloid cells. And if you remember, these CCR2 myeloid cells have been described to be very important in driving immunosuppression in the tumor microenvironment. And so we see this as a very attractive way to target this pathway um, in a really innovative way. Um, and we just actually just opened up the first clinical study for this, which is at the bottom here. So we're starting to screen patients and uh, really excited to be able to share the results of this. And we do have two um, trial in progress posters coming up at AACR, as well as some data showing some of the preclinical efficacy, and encourage you to check that all out at AACR in New Orleans in a few weeks. So in the last um, couple of minutes, what I'm going to do is tell you a little, we really believe that as we develop these assets, really we need to um, better understand who the patients are that respond, how can we differentiate these different mechanisms, and really the, the, the million dollar question I think is what combinations will best enhance the activity of this mechanism, and I want to highlight some of the translational approaches we're taking at Takeda to be able to do that. So when you think about the patient, how do we identify who's the optimal patient? Early on in one of the, the previous slides, um, it's well known that many cancers actually do, in fact, um, downregulate the interferon pathway as an escape mechanism. So when we think about hypotheses we can look at to better understand this pathway, you know, that represents an attractive target. Can we look at tumors, perhaps, and exclude those patients that maybe have downregulated the interferon pathway, and that's something that we're actively studying. You can read through some of the others. We're, they're mainly around, um, do, is there a baseline level of interferon pathway activation that perhaps enhances um, these molecules and that these patients with these alterations will actually do better. Um, we need to study this, and the, it's still early days for these programs, but it, it's um, definitely within our grasp, and, and we're, we'll look forward to presenting these results in the future. And then this is my last data slide. So in terms of better understanding drug combinations in MOA, we set up a partnership with a company called Presage. So Presage has a technology called SIVO. So this company is a spin out from the Fred Hutch uh, Cancer Research Center in Seattle. Rich Klinghoffer is the CEO. And they have such a, an innovative device. They're able to directly inject small amounts of drug directly into patients' tumors. Then you can wait a certain period of time and harvest that tumor in the future. And then subject the tumor to all different assessments. And the really nice thing about this technology is that it injects a dye so that you can actually see where you've, where you've injected the, the, uh, the drug into the tumor. 
And this slide here shows you some of the interesting preclinical data. We will be presenting um, the, some of the early results with our TAC-676 sting agonist and with the um, TAC-981 Subasumstat program also at AACR in a few weeks, and I encourage you to go check those posters out. But in this slide, one of the first things we asked was, can we look and see evidence of target engagement? We have a TAC-981 sumo conjugate, an addict formation that we can assess as a marker of target engagement. And then we can also look at some of the downstream mechanisms. Uh, and as you can imagine, one of the really attractive approaches and uh, potential utility for this approach is to study drug combinations. So to be able to combine drugs into different channels and then look to see if you see certain drug combinations enhancing that effect inside the tumor. Right now, most of the studies are done in head and neck cancer because of the accessibility of the tumor. Uh, but I think there's, there's the intent to try and go beyond those, two, those tumors. So check out those posters at AACR. Very, very interesting work. And so there's you know, three key things I want you to take away today from Takeda's approach. So one, the first is this interferon pathway represents very attractive approach to broadly activating both the innate and the adaptive immune arms of the immune system. There's plenty of preclinical data and um, clinical data showing that targeting this pathway is very important. Takeda's taking a multi-prong approach. This allows us to compare and contrast the different modalities and the different ways of enhancing the interferon pathway. So stay tuned. I think we, um, we're just now beginning to see this data. And uh, you know the data will mature over time and look forward to presenting it at future conferences. And then thirdly, the application of robust translational approaches to help us unlock who the right patient is, absolutely critical to the success of these programs, mainly because of some of the, the biology that's been published showing that perhaps maybe not all patients Patients may respond. So it's, a, it's, it's really a, a multi-prong approach for us, and we look forward to providing updates at future conferences. So I'll close by bringing it back to the patient. At the end of the day, it's, it's what we do every day is to impact the lives of patients. And um, I thank you for your attention. Happy to take any questions. Thanks, Chris. That was great. Um, and I think one of the things that IOS 360 does well is really gives a breadth of overview of the field, including bringing patients to the conference. And so we really appreciate you making it personal and bringing that story, and sorry for your loss. Thank you. Are there questions, or maybe while people are going to the mic, maybe on the CCR2 conjugated with the sting agonist? How do you see that in terms of localization to the tumor? <laughs> so I think at the end of the day, it's about getting the drug to where the cell types are in the tumor. I think one of the things we're interested in doing is actually using the presage technology to see what happens when we inject directly into the tumor. But I mm -hmm. think right now the thinking is because it's on an antibody scaffold, it will penetrate into the tumor. But I think it, it remains to be seen. Great question. All right. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. For more information about the Amino Oncology 360 Summit, our editorial, podcasts, and webinars, please visit io360summit.com. Thank you. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.